Hey guys, it's Rach, and I am so excited to welcome back to the podcast, Tim McGraw. I got to sit down with this country music icon at the beginning of this year when we were talking about his new book and him getting ready to go on tour. And now I get to sit down with him 10 months later and discuss what it looks like to have everything change to have to pivot your business in massive ways and to have to navigate this season as a father and a husband. And as always, he is bringing incredible insight and wisdom to the conversation. I hope you'll enjoy this talk with Tim McGraw as much as I did. If you like today's episode, be sure and take a screenshot and tag me and tag Tim on social media so we can hear what your favorite part was. Hi. I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. So how are you? 2020, man. It's a year. It, it has been a thing, hasn't it? Yeah. It's, I mean, and it, it's still going. It just it won't still, end. I know. It's just like, we just, we're praying for deliverance at the end of the right, year. Right, right. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's been a strange year. I mean, you know, having two girls, you know, my, my oldest daughter lives in LA. So she's been out there and, you know, her whole industry, she's an actress. So her, her, her industry is pretty much shut down. So Absolutely. even her... Even her job in between auditions as a, you know, working at a restaurant's closed down. So it's, yeah. you know, all those things. So, you know, it's dealing with that and, and our middle daughter graduated college this year. So she didn't get to have a graduation and our youngest daughter graduated high school. She didn't get to have a graduation. But, but you know, the, the thing is that everybody's in the same boat. And if you right. look at it that way, then you're not so alone in, in your misery, I guess, with some of those <laughs> right. things. But, but uh we also, on the bright side, like everyone else, is, is having the time to spend together that you wouldn't normally have, you know, with our youngest daughter, Audrey, graduating high school. So in March, when the whole world changed and she dropped out of school or they went to online schooling, you know, then she's been with us since March and as a senior. And so, yeah, for her, it's probably not the greatest thing in the world because right. all the plans we had. But for us as parents and to her being our last one at home, that that time that we got to spend with her is magical to us because we would, we wouldn't have gotten that time at all whatsoever. I mean, absolutely. if you think about the end of a senior year, all the things that are going on, all the parties, the studying for exams, visiting colleges, applying to colleges. And then the summertime comes and you go away on senior trips with your friends. And next thing you know, they're away in college. So this is all kept it close for us, but we've only got about a week or two left with her and then she's gone. So it'll be just, Oh man. And how are you feeling about that? I, you know, on one hand, look, I, I feel great because we're a really close family and all of our girls are really close and we talk every day. We all, we are all talking amongst ourselves on phones or texting and, and they're really strong, independent, really remarkable young ladies. I mean, they have, they're, 
they have their own thoughts and opinions about the world and, and they don't tolerate intolerance on any level for anybody, including themselves. They're just really strong, independent minded young women. And we're real proud of them. Um, that being said, you still want to keep your arms around them as close as you can. And uh, when the youngest one moves, moves out of the nest and goes out to the big city and just sort of, it's going to be on our own. It's a little scary, but we're confident in how we raised them. I guess yeah. that's the best way to put it. I think they're much since, smarter than their dad and yeah. more along the lines of their mom. Right. I think since I brought my first son home from the hospital, I've been, my heart stops whenever I hear that someone's sort of launching that last bird out of the nest because it's got to be such a bittersweet time for y'all. It really is. You know, we find ourselves, you know, especially this last one, because, you know, Faith, for every graduation party that we've had for our daughters, she's gotten all these great photos and blown up and put all over the house and the yard. And we've had these big, big um, graduation parties. And so this year, the same thing with Audrey, although we didn't have a party, but she put up all of these pictures and did the whole same thing and even found outfits that they were wearing in the pictures when they were little, that she still had the outfits and would put the outfit beside the picture and, and things like that. So we had just, you know, our, meet our girls came in. So it was just our, our immediate family, our five of us. And we celebrated Audrey's graduation with all these photos. And, and literally four or five days, there was still one photo left up. We'd taken everything down. There was still one photo left up in the foyer where you walk in the main door. And it was of Audrey when she was about four years old. It was just the cutest picture with a little grin on her face. And man, I walked through the foyer one day and saw it and just everything fell apart. I mean, I just, I just sobbed. I sobbed like <laughs> a, a bad movie. And it just hit me all of a sudden. And then you go for a few days where you don't, you know, it's all fun. We got Audrey right here with us. We're watching a movie tonight. And then all of a sudden it hits you when she gets up to go to the kitchen and to get, you know, something out of the refrigerator and you're watching her. Then all of a sudden you think that, that gosh, that's uh, that's uh, soon to be a part of the past in our lives. Wow. And I, you know what's so interesting about that is I think that so many parents, and I would argue to say maybe moms in particular, they're living so much for the kids that maybe they don't think about the fact that that really is the actual intention behind parenthood is to launch them, right? Yeah. So you're building up to this moment where they sort of go out and live their own lives. And I think so often along the way, we sort of lose ourselves. I don't know if you feel like that as a daddy, but so often as moms, I think that we become so wrapped up in the kids and their lives and their schedules that when that last one is finally sort of moving on to the next thing, it's like, oh shoot, who am I? And, and what am I doing? And what does this look like to be in a relationship with my partner? And how do all these things, it almost feels like a whole, this is a little mermaid song, but it feels like a whole new world. Like you guys are... <laughs> Oh, wait, that's Aladdin. Wrong Disney movie. But it feels <laughs> well, like, like you're... But I get your point. Yeah. Right, yeah, that you're yeah. sort of, you're, it's like, it's the next phase of your life. Does that feel exciting? Is that something that you've thought about? Or 2020 means that we're all just surviving today? Well, yeah, 2020 is just like, just, you know, fingernails holding on. However, you know, we have, th we thought about that. You know, there, there are days where you really think about that. There are days where you just go, you know, live, live day by day and just enjoy life as best as you can right now, I guess. But yeah, we think about that a lot. You know, we're, Faith and I were sitting, we, yesterday was our 24th I wedding anniversary. I saw that on yeah. Instagram. It was such a beautiful video. And um, we were thinking yesterday that, gosh, you know, the whole time we've been married, I mean, we were pregnant with Gracie right afterwards. And so Faith was pregnant. And then we had Gracie and then we have, so we've had, we've had kids are just about to have kids in our lives since we've been together. And this will be the first time that it's just us and the kids are gone. And, and 
I kind of look forward to it in a lot of, I mean, of course, yeah. there, it's melancholy because, you know, you, there's this dichotomy of, man, this is going to be great. We get to hang out together and spend time. The other, the other night, for example, Audrey was out with friends and we started watching a TV series and we opened up all the doors in the living room and started a fire and it was a little chilly outside and we had these blankets and we were on the couch like, you know, I could get, I could get used <laughs> right. to this every evening. <laughs> right. There's nothing awful. wrong with this. And, and then all of a sudden you think about yeah, but it's but it's every evening. <laughs> right. <laughs> but look, I've got my best friend. We spend so much time together, even as a family, the five of us. We're, you know, when we were together, we're all in the same house. We spent a lot of time together. We rarely ate out and we still rarely eat out. And we spend a lot of, you know, movie watching time as a family. So we've always had that closeness. And like I said, we're we're gonna be together as much as we possibly can. And and of course, Faith and I are gonna travel to them as much as we can too. Yeah. Well, so the last time you and I spoke, I, I mean, was, was right before all of these crazy things yeah. happened. And I feel like, were you on tour? Am I, cause I remember that we talked about working out you and your band were you were doing two a days and or were you on tour? Were you building up to go on tour? We were building up to go on tour, right. I think. Yeah. And did we, that ever, did you get to go at all? No, we didn't get to oh, go at all. Yeah. You know, we, we started building the stage and everything and we didn't get to go at all. Oh man. And, which I'm, you know, I miss it for sure. I mean, the funny thing is I'd spent years, I've been doing this for almost 30 years and I'd spent years and years telling myself and coming home late at night at three in the morning after touring all summer and telling Faith, you know, gosh, I, I really wish that I could take six months or a year off and just sort of recharge and, and get back to, to, uh, to, you know, equilibrium on, on my head with right. music and playing. And so this came along and and it's like, all right, maybe this is the opportunity for me to take that chance that I wanted, have been wanting to take to take off. And then sure enough, it wasn't a month into it. And I'm like, okay, where's the stage? Where's the right. show? I, mean, I, got, yes. I gotta, I gotta have, I gotta get out there and get that energy because it's yeah. such an energy between the audience and the, especially with new music, with our new album that came out and everything else and new right. songs on the radio, you want to be out there and play them. The upside is we we spent plenty of time together and really enjoyed the times that we've had. We spent five weeks together this summer with all of our girls here at the house, and we didn't leave the house at all. And That's had awesome. great. The girls would put big picnic lunches in the yard, and then we would do great dinners out under the loggia at night, out by the pool, and then we, you know just had dance parties spontaneously, and it was a lot of fun. I think you know there have been such incredible blessings for everybody this year, even in hardship. I think there's incredible blessings that. We all got a chance to slow down. We got a chance to spend more time with the people that we love. But it it is, you know, as um, I would say a leader in what you do, you have a team of people that you lead, whether it's the band or the people that you work with or, you know, people who are listening to this. We have a lot of business owners. What does it look like for you to lead out either your family or your crew through this crazy year? Because certainly you know, I completely understand what you're saying. This idea of like, Oh great. I got my time, but man, we're still in it and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So, you know, are there things that have helped you navigate that in showing up for other people, even when the world looks so different? Well, yeah, I think what you discover and and what I've discovered, you know, and and you, you never hit it full on for sure. But, you know, my, my wife and my three daughters, you know, it's a, with everything that's going on, it's it's a very anxious time for for all of us, especially the girl, the women in my life, my mm-hmm. my my mom, my two sis, three sisters, my wife, my three daughters. You know, all, for all that's going on in the world, it's it's an anxious time for women in a lot of ways. And and certainly, if you're if you're a dad, 
to three daughters or a brother to three sisters and, and have a lot of women in your family, you, you think about those things. But I think for me, during this period of time, is to always try to find something positive and always fi- try to find something positive to dwell on. You, there's so much negativity out there and there's so many things yeah. that, are, that are going wrong. And yes, those things are going to happen. But, you know, it's almost like concentric circles. If you, if you look in the mirror and you think, all right, today I'm going to try to do the best that I can. And maybe that'll rub off on someone who's close to me and then they'll try to do the best that they can. And hopefully that's the way that we can finally, through this situation, come out on the other end with a stronger and harder and more steadfast bond and belief in each other. And that's that's what hopefully comes out of this, all of this. That, yeah. That, that there's become we, we begin to believe in each other again and believe begin to believe in each other's ideas and find out that if we would just talk to each other normally, we would find the right answer. Or Absolutely. at least an answer that's we'll never find the right answer, but right. we can find an answer that's right enough. Absolutely. And and that applies not only in the big picture, but also in the everyday picture of your life. How has your approach to your business changed? Because I feel like I've watched it's been really interesting to watch how different celebrities, different creators, different artists have handled this season. And I think that some people, not that anyone has the answers for how to deal with a global pandemic, but there are artists that I feel like have continued to create. They've, you know, they've iterated, they've come up with new ideas. And then some people it has, they, they are stuck. So what did you, have you been sort of in both of those places or did you start to change? Cause I feel like you've been really present for your community and I feel like I've seen you iterate and do things in a different way than you maybe would have a year ago because you don't have the opportunity to tour. Yeah. We've been pretty experimental in the way that we, we try to try to reach our fans and try to get our message out there. You know, a lot of time was spent work working on, finishing this new record, you know, we had to have it turned in in time. We, you know, we debated, is this the right time to do a new record? Or, and then the more we get, we started mixing this music and the more the world changed, the more that we realized that maybe this music really has something to say right mm-hmm. now. Maybe it's the right time. You know, music for me has always been a catharsis and it's, and it's been everything good and bad in my life has been marked by music. And, and it's, you know, as everyone always says, it's the soundtracks to our lives. And, and I think that um, I thought this record and what these songs said and the, and the, the beauty of some of the music where, where it dives down into, to, you know, intimate relationships. And it also pulls back out to a 30,000 foot view of, of what um, our lives look like in a lot of ways. So I think we went back and forth on those and, and dove in and out of those kinds of records for this album and really wanted to get it out. But the creativity, I mean, I, I find myself being probably more creative um, in a lot of ways because, look, I, I, if I'm sitting around playing guitar every day, all day, just singing songs, then that's a good spot for me because I typically don't, don't have the time to do that. Not the greatest guitar player in the world, but I can sit down and sing a song. But I'm, if nothing else good comes out of it, I've, played, I've maybe improved my guitar playing a little bit during this downtime. And then, but hearing, you know, gosh, getting be at home during the day and be around and then hear my youngest daughter go in the piano room and sit there and, and just play song after song after song after song and sing along is, are some of the things that I wouldn't be able to do if I was out touring. I That's also felt things. like the tone of this, the new album was so spot on to sort of where we are. And I... I mean, I love all your music. And if I had to choose, I love the stuff that's upbeat, that makes me feel happy, that makes me excited. But this felt so 
perfect for uh-huh. where we are. Cause I feel like if you had come out with, though I did just listen to the new version of something like that. And um, <laughs> I'm big fan, but Thank I you. feel like if that had been the album, it would have felt, it would have felt tone deaf. And yeah. this feels so appropriate. It's, the the word that I used to describe it when I heard it was it's dreamy, which is not, I mean, I love your music, but I would never necessarily would have used that word, but it feels like dreamy. It feels like sun, summer nights and like dinner party and you're having whiskey on the back porch. Like it just felt so right for where we are. Is it like, did you create those songs this year or was that stuff that you have been working on for a while that just magically matched up to where we are as a society? We've been working on this album for like two and a half years. Oh, wow. Yeah, I started working on I started working on it at the end of the last leg of the Soul to Soul tour with Faith. I started Whoa. working on the record. Yeah. Wow. And I, and I started getting these songs that, like I said, started creating this sort of tapestry of life in a lot of ways. And I didn't want to make a concept record, but I did want to make a record that that was cohesive in a lot of ways mm-hmm. about life. And like I said, sometimes it's a 30,000 foot view of life. Sometimes it's an intimate view between two people and where your heart and your head's at during those, those situations. But the songs just kept building on each other. And we kept finding songs that made sense. Um, then here on earth, the title track of the album came in and that sort of became the linchpin to the, to the whole album in a lot of ways, because it's one of those songs that, says all of the things that we wanted to say in this record from a 30,000 foot view to an intimate view. It said it all in one record. And sonically, it sort of it sort of made, built the bridge between some of the records and the other records. Like for instance, there's a song called LA that's on mm-hmm. the album. It's the very first song on the album, which is one of my favorite records that has the old Glenn Campbell, Wichita lineman kind of feel to it from the 70s. So you have that song and then you have Chevy Spaceship and then Here on Earth. But then without here on earth, LA couldn't tie into Cheryl Crow. That's down yeah. on the album or, or hold you tonight. It goes on to that, that kind of, so the, sonically it bridges makes all of the music sort of like a hub of a wheel makes all of the music make sense when the mm-hmm. spokes come out. Had you been able to go on tour, would the tour have felt, would have, would it have this sort of energy of the album or would it have been like an amalgamation of, of all of the parts of you? Yeah. I mean, it's an amalgamation for sure. You know, there's always an alchemy that goes into putting a tour together. You know, when you, you have new music, but you, you there's 10 or 15 songs that you're not going to be able to get out of the arena without, yeah, you know, Absolutely. without your skin being peeled Absolutely. off if you don't play them. <laughs> there's always, you know, you, you, you never get all of them in that everybody wants, but you have to build a story and you have to build right. sort of this roller coaster ride. And well, we had some really good ideas for some of the new music and how to mesh them with the old music. We really had a great show planned for this year. But, you know, what it does, it gives us a chance to really work on that show and tweak it for next year. But, yeah, we're, we're going to try to get as much as new stuff in as we can. But, but we can't leave behind a lot of those things. I mean, Absolutely. And we never, like I said, we never get, I mean, gosh, you know, the, we, we can get probably, what, 23 songs into a set. And, you know, that just, that just doesn't cover everything. But, but hopefully, hopefully the next year we come back, you'll hear, we'll, you know, we'll have a different set and we'll add some of those songs we miss. I feel like that that's basically all we really need. Like if we could all just go to an outdoor country music concert right now and have a beer and it's hot and you're wearing cutoffs and you get to sing to your favorite song. I could do nine more months in quarantine if I could just have one just, experience like that. If you just know it's going to be there, right? Right, yeah. right. Yeah, it, is yeah it, we, who knows? You know? Yeah. I who was just going to ask you, I thought maybe you were the prophet on like, well... In 2021, but do well, you, you think it's what? like Look, 22? 
I, we have to plan. I think in my, my business and, and for the people who work for me, we have to plan for 2021. Yeah. Certainly have to be prepared to pull the trigger if it, if it, if it all goes, but, um, you know, you hope for the best and prepare for the worst right. in a lot of ways, you know, right. so we're hoping and preparing for, for 2021, but look, we want to, we want to be as safe as we possibly can be. Absolutely. I don't want to put anybody that works for me in danger. And I certainly yep. don't, don't want to put any fans in danger. I think Absolutely. that uh, we have to follow the science and, and, and see where it leads us. And when it leads us to a good place, then that's, that's when we start being serious about what we can do and how we can do it. Let's say, you know, we're, we're another year away. I, I know that's like such a depressing thought, but let's say we're a year away from being able to be out in the world and have it feel totally safe and, you know, whatever circumstances make that possible. If you have another year in front of you of more time, more space, more uh, creative energy, what do you think that year looks like for you? Wow. Oh, I, you know, probably my wife will have, have locked me in a room by then. <laughs> It just throws bologna sandwiches at me every, occasionally. Maybe that'll happen because yeah. I'm sure she's ready for me to get back on the road. I, you know, probably writing, just writing yeah. more, um, working on my craft more. There's, you know, the one silver lining that's come out, you know, doing movies and films and mm-hmm. stuff like that has always been a challenge for me because I'm always working. Right. I'm either recording an album or, or I'm on tour or, or, or something's going on with the kids. So typically there's maybe one or two months out of the year that I find time that I'm able to do that. And then it has to be the right script that I like, and they have to really want me for the script. It's got to fall into that time. So it's hard for me to do a film. So this year, a couple of projects to come up because I've been open. So I'm able to do that a little bit this year coming up and um, a little bit next year, early next year. So, you know, if that were to happen, I would probably find some some time and find a project that I really, really loved and, and would jump on and do another film project if, if that all happened. Do you have... Considering that they're able to film. Right. Yeah. Well, and I feel like they're they're finding a way, right? So we they go are. back into production tomorrow. Um, we figured out how to do this a couple of times during quarantine. Everybody has to get tested. We do social distancing. It's a bit of a ballet, but it is possible. And yeah. I think it's one of those things that, you know, it's an industry that we've had to figure out because so many people's jobs are counting on it. They are. And, and also, not only are their jobs counting on it, but I think it's it's a necessary part of our society. and a necess- mm-hmm. The arts are so necessary to the catharsis of, of what we need during these times. And I think it's so important. And I think that you can you can see how people are craving art by just by what they watch on TV and how much Netflix is being consumed right now. Absolutely. Partly because there's nothing else to do, but, but in another way, it's, it's our escapism. It's our information in a lot of ways. We, I mean, gosh, the, the amount of documentaries that you go and watch on global warming and, yes. and, and all those sorts of things get educate you on things that are really happening. So I, I yeah, Arts are just super important and we have to find a way to continue to feed that to people because they need it. Now I'm curious. So I hadn't watched TV or streaming or anything for about a decade. And then inside of quarantine is the first time that I started watching things again. Are you, what, like, are you a Netflix person? Are you an HBO? Like, is there anything that you have consumed inside of quarantine that you never had seen before, but that you love? Wow. There's been a lot of cool things. Um, we we're in the middle of Yellowstone for the second go around. I saw now. that too, and I saw yeah. that you were cooking. Did you really bake that food? I did. Yeah, I'm a pretty good cook. I, I mean, did. No, that, the, that's my, impressive. Look, 
But anytime I post, when I make chicken and dumplings, then I have an ulterior motive because when I first started dating Faith, I went over to her house and brought her chicken and dumplings. And, it's a good and, move. Uh, yeah, and it worked out pretty good. So I'm all, I have an ulterior motive every time I make chicken and dumplings. Well, they look fantastic. <laughs> I feel like that's an easy way to win someone's heart. So well done, you. <laughs> Thank so, you. Wait, so you're watching Yellowstone for the second time. Yeah, we're going through the second time. Okay. Yeah, it's so good. What else? What else have you loved inside of quarantine? Wow, what have we loved? We watched. Uh, we're, you know, we started watching this thing called Baptiste that was pretty good. It was <laughs> filmed in Amsterdam. It was, okay, it was pretty good. I'm I'm going to drop a few things that we haven't that I can't remember, but we we've watched quite a bit. Um, we went back a few years ago. We, we finished all the Game of Thrones stuff, of course. But we went I back tried a few, so many times to get into that, and I just yeah. can't. You know what? It took us a while. We, okay. we, it took us like three years before we got into it. And then when we got into it, it was, it was pure binge watching. Okay. Once you get, once we got past like the first three episodes, we were hooked. I feel like you're not the only person who's told me that. So I need to just try yeah. and make it past those, those few because all of my best friends are obsessed and I, I just don't know anything about it. <laughs> it's good. It's good stuff. I'm forget. I'm terrible with names. It's like, I can't think of a name of a song until I, <laughs> Until, Until you I sing, sing it. it, yeah, yeah. That worked. But That's you know, fine. and listening to a lot of music for sure. We, we we got a turntable, so you know, it's it's always I'm loving just digging into vinyl and listening to vinyl. Like I listened to an old Neil Diamond record the other day. That oh my gosh, I love so Neil fantastic. Diamond. Oh, he's one of my favorites of uh, all time. I've seen him in concert so many times, oh, yeah? and it didn't matter how old he was getting, he was still always wonderful. Talk about someone who absolutely was just like, I know the songs that you're here for, and I will only perform them. Like Neil yes. Diamond never walked out on stage in the last 20 years and was like, let me play you something off the new album. He was like, nope, here's Sweet Caroline here's, for you. That's right. Here's the hits. Man, he, he was awesome. Faith got to sing. We one of those Grammy cares things they usually do the night before, two nights before the Grammys where, where they honor an artist and then artists come and sing their songs with them. So Faith got to sing, you don't bring me flowers Oh my with, gosh. with Neil Diamond on stage. And it was one of the most cool, it was the coolest thing I've wow. ever seen to see my wife up there singing with Neil Diamond. Yeah. What have you had a moment like that in your career where you got to sing with someone that you just still can't believe that you got to sing with them? A couple times. Um, We were playing, well, I'll, Backstory, there's a long backstory, but the American Music Awards one year, they asked, I had recorded Tiny Dancer for wow. one of my albums. And so they asked if Elton and I would open the American Music Awards singing Tiny Dancer. So I got to go on stage with Elton and oh open my the award show. Gosh. Sing Tiny Dancer. And I got to do that with him a couple of times on stage. But on that on that platform with the American, American Music Awards, it was a pretty cool, wow. pretty cool deal. And then there's another time, I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan, and he's... He's been friends of ours for a long time. We, our families have been friends for a long time. And uh, he asked if Faith and I would come sing Tougher Than the Rest at his Grammy Care sing. And so Faith and I sang Tougher Than the Rest. And then we were sitting at the table afterwards with Bruce. And he goes, he leans over and says, look, at the end of the show, I'm going to get up and sing Glory Days. And he says, everybody's going to get up and sing with me. Will you guys get up on stage and sing? And I said, sure, we'd love to get up on stage and sing. So we're standing on stage and Bruce is in the middle of singing Glory Days. And he's singing the first verse and we're all singing the chorus. And he turns and looks, there's huge artists there. I'm not going to name names. He turns and looks at one artist who's a huge artist and waves him over to come sing the second verse. And the artist goes, no, 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 I'm fine. Then he goes to another artist and the artist says, no, 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 I'm fine. Then he says, hey, cowboy hat, come sing the second <laughs> verse. And I'm like... I'm like, holy smokes, do I know the second verse to Glory Days? Right. I mean, and I'm thinking, well, I mean, I heard it my whole life. How hard could it be? Trust me, it was hard. 
So I went up, couldn't do the words, couldn't sing it, didn't know the melody. And Bruce just pushed me out of the way and started singing. It was one, one of the most embarrassing moments of my life in front of, in front of all the industry people. And that the funniest thing. very unfair. That feels very I, unfair to you. And then I stepped back into the, to step next to my wife and she looked at me and just moved a step over away from me. Like, I don't know who this guy. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to be associated. <laughs> who, who is this kid? Wow. So that was probably one of my most embarrassing moments is doing a duet with someone. Oh my gosh. And it feels, that feels like a tough get. Cause even if you love a song, I feel like with no preparation to be able to know where you're going feels really yeah. intense. In glory days, you know, we all sing the first verse and chorus and then everybody just sort of mumbles through the second verse. Yeah. Except Bruce. Except Bruce. He had it. Yeah. That It would feel odd if he didn't. You know, I'm super curious. I, your perspective on this is that I'm, I've talked to a lot of people inside of, I'm not in the music industry, obviously, but inside of the entertainment industry, people who are in, you know, my publishing team or with the agency or different things like that. And it feels like there are so many people. I mean, obviously there's so many people everywhere all around the world who are struggling right now, but I feel like there are a lot of people who are struggling because they are not around I'm going to sound like a hippie for a minute, but because they're not around the energy that they are normally around. So you mentioned this earlier in our conversation, this idea of, you know, when you go on stage, as much as that is absolutely, you are giving your energy to the audience, they are also absolutely filling you back up, right? So it's this sort of cyclical thing. And in talking to a lot of people who used to go into an office space, or they used to go into places where they were around other people who kept them motivated, who kept them going, who sort of gave them some energy, I feel like a lot of the people that I work with are really struggling with the absence of that. They're feeling lost. They're feeling unmotivated. In some instances, they're feeling depressed. And I'm just curious if you have any tips or ideas or things that you've done this year, even though you can't get that normal energy, is there something that you're doing to sort of not fake it, but like, is there another way that you're coming by that energy when you don't get it in the way that you used to? Wow, it's tough. I mean, it's a good question. Um, I certainly know what you mean about being around people and sort of brainstorming on projects. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's hard to do over Zoom or Skype or, for, or any of those things. It's really hard to do that and and get body language and get that connection and that in that that there's a coldness right when it's when it's over a computer screen there's not that warmth and that connection and it's I can only equate it to songwriting in a lot of ways because when you're in an office setting and you're trying to brainstorm on these ideas of how are you going to move your company forward it's much like when you're you're in a room with a bunch of writers and you're trying to how you're going to move this song forward and usually it may come from a line that doesn't make the song, but it inspires something else to happen. And that's the same way when you're sitting around with a bunch of people, you inspire each other for things to happen. I don't know the answer. I know that, you know, for me, it's always like trying to use that same energy. Like all right, when, we're, when we're in the kitchen cooking as a family, let's all get in there and talk and everybody gets grab something and cut it up. And it, you sort of create that little bit of an environment that, that's pushback and feedback and talking about politics or talking about talking about music or talking about movies, sort of that energy exchange that you get, you can find a way to get that with your family. And then, then you, and you can open up and find some things about yourself and your family, but might not know once you get into those conversations. And I think those lead to good things, but it's, there's nothing like for me, example, going out on the stage, you know, I, and I look at it much like an athlete. I was an athlete my whole life. 
I mean, I always, right before the show always feels like in the locker room before you walk out on the football field or before you go out on the basketball field. It always has that same sort of intensity and that feel. And when you go out there, it's like signing a contract with the audience that are, we're going we're gonna to step into this um, state of disbelief here for a minute, this, this suspended animation, I guess, for a little bit. And, and you're not the same people that you are from nine to five at home when you're here at this concert tonight and I'm not this guy with a cowboy hat dancing around like a chicken on a hot plate during most of my life. So we're here to sort of soak up each other's energy, get lost in this moment and let this be a catharsis force after it. You know, we got to go do our lives, but during this, we're going to, we're going to sign off that we're jumping in the stream together and we're going to enjoy and have fun. And those, it doesn't happen every night, but when the nights, when those happen, when those things happen and that symbiotic relationship starts going so well, it's almost magical. And, and you look, you can have five nights that don't, but if you have that one night that ends up like that, it's worth it. It's worth going through five more to get to it. I love that. One of the things I was, I was talking to a friend of mine in the industry recently, and it's something that he was really struggling with, he, you know, really struggling with a lack of motivation and kind of, it's like, all of the things that if you worked in the entertainment industry, um, a huge portion of how you, I hate to say this, but how many people in that industry kind of measured their life or measured their success has been taken away. So, you know, they're struggling to be able to close a deal. They're struggling to be able to put anything together, kind of like all of these metrics. And as much as I'm talking about the entertainment industry, I feel like listeners, you can apply this to your own life, that a lot of the metrics or the standards that we used to have have been removed. And so one of the things that I suggested to him was, can you identify um, some of the feelings that you got when you were in the office, when you were around other people, what were those things that existed? What was the, what was the feeling that you got? Did you feel motivated, inspired? Did you feel, you know, whatever it was, and mm-hmm. can you recreate that in a way that is safe to do at home? So is there, I, you know, I'm like, I know this sounds weird, but I'm like, man, do you need to like get super into bodybuilding? Like, I have no idea, but like, do you need to set a goal that is something that is achievable in your home that can give you the same sort of feeling that you were able to have inside of business because it's going to be a while before you know he can do the same kind of business right. that he was doing last year sure. and so is there some other thing that you can give yourself can you set some other goal for yourself that it's not going to feel exactly the same but it maybe just gives you traction and in that traction you feel a sense of purpose I agree a hundred percent. I mean, those, those are things, and they can be as simple, like, as you said, working, working out. I mean, physical exercise is, is can accomplish a lot of those goals yeah. at once, just because of the way it makes you feel the accomplishment, mm-hmm. the sweat, you know, getting some of those bad toxins out of your body. Yeah. Cause I think all of us probably had too many bad toxins in our body sitting around. Right. Right. But, but, you know, that's all to me, they always the go-to for, for mood enhancement is, is, is working out. That's yeah. always good. And then there's just simple things, especially if you're an artistic driven person, simple things like, all right, break out. Here's a challenge for you. Break out an Indian food cookbook mm. and try, try to go through those steps and cook something really good out of, out from, uh, some Indian food that's really good. Right. That'll take you all day long. And then and if it turns out right, it's a, an incredible it's incredible um, accomplishment to be able to pull that off and make it taste good. But cooking in general, you can do that. Break out stuff and do some recipes you've never done before. Really, really try some of those things and try to get the family involved with it as well. Those are all good things, I think, that, that help. 
I think that's so smart. And it's or learn good, an instrument or, right, or learn an yes, instrument. anything. Yeah. It's such a good reminder. Language, that it, yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. I think that we find purpose and progress. And so it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what direction your progress is heading in. It doesn't matter if it's cooking or, you know, you're going to read this book, you're going to dig more deeply into your faith, you're going to, you know, learn how to, you know, teach your dog a new trick, whatever it is, I think that there are ways that we can, there maybe not the amazing goals that you used to have, or that set standards out in the world that used to exist. But there are ways that you can feel accomplished even inside of, you know, inside of quarantine and where you're at. And I agree. And I, I think in a lot of ways, sometimes those things probably will be more fulfilling than you than you can possibly imagine. A hundred percent. And I think the, you know, my perspective for what it's worth is I, I liked you said this earlier. You said, you know, we have to plan for 2021, right? We have to plan that maybe the, you know, the switch gets flipped. And we do get to go back out into the world and it all sort mm-hmm. of great. But what if that's not the case? And I don't say that in a way to be, uh, you know, negative or pessimistic. I'm the most optimistic person you've ever met. But I do think that there's something empowering about planning. If like so many people right now keep talking about 2020, like they can't wait until 2020 is over. As if on December 31st, you're going to flip a switch and every problem you had this year is going to go away. You're going to be disappointed if that's right, the case. Yeah. right. You know, yeah, manage, manage your, your expectations. Yes, manage your expectations. And you know, this funny thing is is going into 2020 because it was such 2020 was such like a milestone sounding year. Yes, that you thought this is going to be great. 2020, right. you know, who's who knows what's going to happen at the end of the year? Right. You know, all those all those optimistic things were in the air. And then all of this hit and it, it changed everything. And it, you know what, here, here's what maybe, you know, you're always looking for a silver lining and look, uh, it, it's tough sometimes to talk about that and silver lining, like, and tough to say, Hey, this has been a great experience for me and my family because we've been able to be close and spend mm-hmm. time together that we wouldn't, wouldn't have necessarily have spent time before that doesn't discount the millions of people who don't have those opportunities who are struggling every single day uh, with, with, with food insecurities, Mm -hmm. with health insecurities, with job insecurities, with school insecurity, with all the things that everybody has to deal with. It's a really tough time for, for a lot of folks out there. Mm -hmm. So anytime that I say something that's come positive for me, there is, that's not without, that's not to discount everyone else who's, who's, who's had some serious, serious trouble and still has serious trouble because of this. However, the time that we spend with our kids, the time that we spend sort of reflecting a little bit. And I think the time that you you start realizing and looking around at the people who stabilize you in a lot of ways, your, your friends, your family, a mama, you know, any, you name it, people who really center you and people who know you and know how to know how to put their hands on your shoulders and look you in the eye and say, no, just turn a little bit this way and it'll be all right. Just yeah. you know, turn, turn toward the light a little bit. And um, I think that that's been a good thing. But I think most importantly is it, it'll, it causes you to look in the mirror every morning and think, all right, I've got all these people that I lean on, but who do I allow to lean on me? Mm-hmm. And, and do I allow them to lean on me? And am I there for them when they need to lean on me? So be a, you know, kind of be a lean to and not a leaner all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, hey, man, I am so grateful for the time to get to hang out with you again feels like such a treat to get to hear your perspective. And I do think, 
you know, if there are listeners who don't already follow Tim on social media, I do think, you know, I've paid a lot of attention to who are the people who have continued to show up consistently, who put goodness out into the world, who are being positive, who are being a light. And I think that you do that really well. So I uh, really well, encourage you. you guys to go follow Tim if you haven't already. If you're living under a rock and you haven't followed him yet, then please go do <laughs> Get that. Get off from under that rock. Right. Do that. And then the new album's called Here on Earth. It is super dreamy. I cannot recommend it enough the next time you're sitting on the back porch with some whiskey. Um, <laughs> it's, what, it's better with whiskey. The drunker you get, the better I sound. Right, right. <laughs> um, what is, um, you know, as you look toward, we're, we're in the last few months of this year. We're in the last 90 days of 2020. How do you want to finish out this year? What are you excited about? You know, oddly enough, not oddly enough, but I'm looking forward to the holidays. It's going to be a different kind of holidays this year. It's going to be strange in a lot of ways, but I think that it's a really good chance for everybody to get their arms around each other and really focus in more than we probably have in decades, focus in on really what this season means and, and, and what it's about and how can we use, how can we use this holiday season coming into the end of 2020, take advantage and enjoy it as much as we possibly can and enjoy each other as much as we possibly can and really focus in on, on the friendship, the laughter, the life, the legacy of what all of this means. And maybe we can use that as a, spring, a springboard more than ever into the new year and try to, and try to really get out there and be, be a change for the positive. I love that. Tim McGraw, thank you so much for hanging out with me again. Thanks for being on the podcast. Uh, tell people if they if, if they want to spend more time with you digitally, where is the best place to find you? Oh my gosh, the, what, Instagram, my tweet, I don't know the call signs to all that stuff. Facebook, <laughs> you know, we're, we're doing some cool things. We're, we're always constantly trying to do some little acoustic performances and maybe some other performances to, to put up there and show you and let you know what's going on. Thank you for your time. I want to be conscious of the fact that you have a life that you need to get back to, but <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on again and, and chatting with me. Um, My pleasure. It's, always, it's always a treat. And seriously, the new, new album is fantastic. It's, Thank um, you. It wasn't what I expected coming from you. And so I think that's why it was like such a pleasant surprise that it was like the whole different vibe. And I absolutely love it. It's like my, I keep saying whiskey on the back porch because that's clearly what I'm doing while I'm We know what's happening at your place. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, stay safe, you guys, and good luck as you transition this last baby bird out of the nest. And please, as always, let me know if there's anything I can do to support any of the stuff that you guys have going on. I appreciate that. It's always good to talk to you. Hope to see you soon. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. Our show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller with additional production support by Sterling Coates. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is a 3% chance production.